Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living with me, your host, and my guest today, Tina Nice. Now, Tina used to be a host with us when we were PLV Radio, before we changed over to becoming Self-Discovery Radio, and she used to do um, several shows a week, 15-minute um, little snippets on kind of daily love affirmations and how to greet the day. Um, but... And, and she did them very, very well, and they were a wonderful way to kind of start your day or to make you feel good, and all of her shows are actually on the posting. I do uh, invite you to go back and listen to them because they certainly will uplift you and inspire you. But hidden underneath all of this, there was a um, an erotic writer, which I didn't know about, and uh, which is rather intriguing. And so I want to know all about that and how that came about because she, you know, goes around the country as an author and a trainer and a sexual healing coach. Um, she's, you know, a person who completely advocates love on all levels of our being. And, uh, you know, becoming an erotic writer was, was something I didn't see for her, but I'm really intrigued with it. <laughs> and not only that now, has our own blog talk radio with sex talk with Derek and Tina. Um, where people can just completely be open and, and uh, not shy and not afraid because they do it completely uh, in a light way and have sex talk and about how to improve your sex life, which is extremely important to your psyche and your health. So um, don't be afraid of the talk. So we're going to get right into it today of, you know, um, how she managed to hide this for so long. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and uh, exactly what her books are all about, and w you know what people get out of it, what she gets out of it. So let's get right into it. She's actually known as the Empress of Love. Uh, so, um, Madam Empress Tina, please do share some of your love techniques with us. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. And I, I just I couldn't help but chuckle as you <laughs> as you were sharing that because. <laughs> It's it's interesting because it, uh, some of the stuff that people didn't know necessarily wasn't really hidden, but it was things that I just separated. Right. You know? So so sometimes um, it, it's interesting now to kind of be more openly talking about it because people do kind of have that little surprise like, whoa, wow, I didn't know that. Um, but it's really kind of fun and, and it's something that just – you know, it's always been a part of my life. Um, I've been a very sexual person really my entire life and had a um, curiosity about sex mm -hmm. in lots of reasons. Some of it natural. Some of it came about because uh, I did, I was sexually abused, which I talk about in my book on happiness and self-love and, you know, how to still love yourself even if you go through a period of time when you hate yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had a lot of experiences that were... Uh, negative and traumatic as a young person, but that also, because of my natural tendencies, almost sparked more curiosity. So it, it helped me explore things in a different way as I, um, you know, got older and, and learned about 
uh, love and relationships and sex in a different way, in a healthier way, Mm -hmm. but still having a really big curiosity. And I think a lot of people do. They have these curiosities that come from anywhere. Some of it's just natural. I mean, sex is a very baseline human need, human interaction. So some of it's just that. And some of it then just gets sparked by other stuff in our life, I believe. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are some people that are very sexual beings and some that are very sensual beings. And I'll put me more on the sensual side where I'm more actually into my senses, um, uh, where, uh, you know, different type of things. It's not. It's a different kind of arousal, a different type of sexuality. And then there are people who are, you know, truly and utterly sexual peeling, uh, people where their entire experience is on a sexual level, which doesn't mean they're all fornicating every five seconds. It's, right. just, uh, it's just that, you know, that is, it's just the way, you, you know, one is wired and uh, looks upon life, in, you know, from that sexual energy. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And then if you really can develop some of those pieces of yourself in a more uh, healing and whole way, like by loving and accepting yourself, all parts, the sexual side, the sensual side, the, you know, public side that maybe you want to per- per- have people perceive, you know, because of work. And all of it, if you really get to a place where you can really co- start to combine all of that together, it, it becomes something that is beyond words almost to describe mm-hmm. yeah. just a feeling even within yourself even not necessarily always with a partner but just a feeling with yourself to be able to fully love that sensual part of yourself to fully love that sexual part of yourself and all of it I mean I used to have people even when I was younger they they might say you exude sensuality or um, you know I just feel your sexual energy I kind of had both um which is kind of cool. I'm very lucky. I will absolutely admit I'm lucky on that level. And to be able to just explore it in different ways has been uh, an amazing thing for me. And it definitely started not with the intention to necessarily explore it and become a best-selling erotic author. (laughs) (laughs) That was just a nice side effect of it, It right? It was just (laughs) right. Totally. It was just like a nice side benefit. You know, it was great. So... Uh, and, you know, when one doesn't know what's within us, I mean, everybody, when you think sexuality, everybody kind of thinks, you know, um, it, you know, what is it, 38, 24, 38, you know, um, and, uh, you know, blonde and gorgeous and things like this. And they think that is the epitome of what sexuality is. And they don't realize that it's not the look, although there are certain people that definitely carry their sexuality beautifully in their body. And their bodies really do represent that, you know, and both men and women are attracted to them because of they exude that central sensuality, that central goddess. Um, but, you know, most of the time when, you, when you're looking at it, it is always the people that you least expect that are the most sexual or sensual. I think so sometimes because we do have this marketing side of sex, mm-hmm. which is totally different than our real life sex. So, you know, marketing, um, you want people to look good because the the whole point is like, well, you know, if you have my product, then you might look more like this. And, you know, a very visual approach. And and visual is definitely part of our senses. It's important. But when you get into your everyday life, that's just one of many senses. You know, all those other things like the energy of a person, their sensuality, their kindness, 
their um, personality, you know, uh, their touch. I mean, all of those other things, even their scent. Oh my goodness. I have one, (laughs) one gentleman friend. (laughs) He always talks about, um, you know, my scent and that, how just amazing it is. Well, because that's, I don't even know what it is, but it's a connection that we have. Yeah. So everybody can connect on those different, different levels. Different levels. It's, you know, kind of touch, sense, smell, vibration. Uh, you know, I'm definitely one of those, uh, you know, people you've got to arouse my spirit and, and my soul, you know, um, before you're going to get there. I mean, I used to be a much more uh, sexually liberated young woman. After all, I was brought up in the 70s. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and you know, really was, you know, it was... Uh, it was about make love and not war and and yeah. you know one did make love freely and it wasn't um you know kind of everybody was doing it right then but it, rather like you i had a bad sexual experience i was raped when i was 14 and it kind of sent you in a in a um that you know those few moments of sex they love you in that moment you know kind of seeking that validation um so it kind of I had some bad experiences as well as some really, really good ones. And the good ones were always the ones that aroused my body through my spirit, through my intellect, through my soul. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I have goosebumps when you say that because it's so (laughs) true, right? You want to feel it through your whole self. And I think, you know, I think that's one of the things, um, even as we age, we just become wiser, you know, Mm -hmm. and we have more experiences. So, and we learn to accept ourselves because we've been with ourselves a lot longer. Yes. <laughs> so some of it just comes about, right, than when we're young and maybe we're still exploring. And and the, just that ability to be able to recognize that it can it can just manifest in such a different way. Because I'll say the erotica that I write is pretty much just porn. I'll be totally honest. <laughs> it's not really... Uh, romantic, erotic, mm-hmm. and sensual, and, um, and and really all of those things into one. Um, and it's not a manual. Right, right. It's right. not a manual. It's a so, release. <laughs> it's a sexual release. <laughs> well, it, it actually came about, and this I'm not sure if I told you how I began writing erotica, but I... Uh, in my late 20s, as a joke, we're reading, you know, before the internet. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of older, right? (laughs) So, before the internet, we had those magazines and they would have those personal ads in the back of the magazines that would just be so funny to read, all the personal ads. And there was an ad for a phone actress. And so, me and some friends kind of joked around like, oh, what is that? Maybe phone sex, right? And so we're just joking around. So I called though, because I was curious. And the gentleman said, wow, you have a great voice. You could do this. And I thought, no way. I would just laugh and laugh. It would just, you know, I I wouldn't be any good at it. He said, no, men like it when you laugh and laugh. (laughs) So, so I tried it out. And it was easy and it was natural for me and it was creative and it was kind of fun. And then I got paid for it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I got paid to be creative and funny and I was a college instructor by day. So at the time I was teaching computer and computer classes, I think, when I first started. How dry. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's like boring. Um, you know, I, I'm teaching all these like computer and business classes and I'm, and I get to talk to men, you know, at night about crazy fantasies. 
And what I really developed during that time is that most of the people calling in were calling because they didn't feel like they could express themselves to their partner. They might have something that they feel is too um, out there to share or too embarrassing to share with anyone else. And so they might call just probably 60 to 70% were just people who wanted to talk about their fantasies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even necessarily that they wanted to just sit and listen to me moan for, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> so that did happen occasionally too. But the majority of people really were just looking to explore those fantasies that they felt like they couldn't do in their real life relationships um, out of fear. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. really kind of what porn or sexual movies is isn't it it's it's an extension of yourself of uh, you know you can fantasize about you know what you would like to do um where you perhaps in your own real life feel that you could never do it yes exactly and and what you can do in your mind yeah and you can get very very aroused doing that um you know i always tell myself a story before I, i go to bed it's just always the way i've been um, and, you know, sometimes they can be very sexual stories and you, you can, you know, be very orgasmic in those stories. Um, and, you know, it's a great release. If it's yeah. not an f- actual physical one, it is an emotional one. And so I can understand why people read it and I can understand why people actually do watch porn. Uh, obviously, we completely boundaries when it comes to anything like kiddie porn or, um, oh, you, know, yeah, absolutely, or you know, that is an absolute no-no. But, um, oh, yeah. There and that's a, a sickness. So that's... I would not talk about. Like, that would yeah. be one. Also, I did not like... Um, like violent yes. uh, fantasies and rape fantasies uh, because, well, part might be, you know, just to my own background. And plus, I just don't think that those those are more about power than it is other yeah. things. And, you know, I was just wasn't into that. Yeah, no, but the little fun, crazy a, things, yeah, exactly. it could be totally crazy and it could be really out there. But as long as it was um, kind of fun and playful, I was, you know, pretty yeah. good with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you have <laughs> got somebody doing the other, you know that they've clearly got a you know, a violent frustration in their life. And, and if, you know, it can be a dangerous way to take them because it gets to a sure. point where talking about it isn't enough. They want to go and do it. So, the, you know, those boundaries and things. But, you know, yeah. the, um, you know the, the, the erotica world, I mean, you know, look at the amount of movies, sex else. Oh my gosh, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when I, um, I had these stories that I wrote at the time when I was, uh, when I was talking on the phone to men and I kind of think of it as like a little counselor more than anything mm-hmm. <laughs> as counselor slash actress. And, um, I would write as that character a little bit. And so I had some diary type things and blog things and they were just sitting around on my computer. So even though I wasn't doing um, phone sex anymore, I had also published, already published my other books, my 40 day love fest. And, and then I thought, you know, I got all these files sitting on my computer. What do I do with them? And I knew how to make an ebook. So I thought, well, why don't I just make an ebook and throw it on Amazon? You know? <laughs> I had no idea that, you know, now we've sold, that first book has sold over 125,000 copies. So yeah. <laughs> who knew that it would just be such a hit? So just And I write right in the description. What's so funny is I write right in it. Like, this is just, these are really pretty much unedited. They're just diaries and blogs. It's just, you know, junk. I basically say that. So I'm not trying to say like, oh, this is a great book. It's, you know, it's awesome. There's there's a whole bunch of stories. Some of them are only half a page long. They're diary entries. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> But I think because I do have a playful way that I wrote them, as a playful way that I might talk, 
um, they just people liked them and not everybody liked them of course there's lots of bad reviews and good reviews and I love the bad reviews they're awesome <laughs> so <laughs> because, uh, some of them say it's like you know watching a porn movie I'm like oh exactly that was the point right yeah exactly <laughs> you know, so, you know and, and the thing is fantasy and on on any level on any yeah. level is good for us yeah. you know sometimes we just need to remove ourselves from ourselves and, you know, going down a fantasy uh, and just a little dream world where anything can happen to you. I say anything can happen to you in your life. You can have everything in your life, in your dream world, in your fantasy world. And it's really, really healthy to have that because I really do feel on a vibrational level, it does give you that. Um, you know, your psyche, your parallel world, whatever, is receiving whatever it is you're fantasizing about. And I think it uplifts us and frees us and takes away a great deal of frustration out of our lives. So I think it's a really an essential part of our life, whether it is just, you know, fantasy of being a singer or actress, a dancer or top writer <laughs> or next president, who cares what the fantasy is, you know, sexual or not. It's healthy for us to do that, to have a story in our head that we feature in that takes us off in another world. It, it's so true because it's it's and it's and it's also just fun and it yeah. can just be a little bit freeing even if you even if it's only for fifteen minutes <laughs> it can just be that little freeing time and um, what's interesting too is that as I've as I've uh, kind of been in that world again now uh, for about I guess maybe two years ago or three years ago sorry three years ago we were um, like selling the books and. I'm I'm called like the happiness fairy and all of that, <laughs> even in that world, in my pen name, because I always I'm me. I'm I'm who I am. I love everybody, and that comes across whether I'm you know a character in my pen name or I am Tina with the Love Fest. And a lot of people I've actually now taken started doing like some more sexual healing coaching because I meet them in this other world. They might read my books or they might, you know, know me on Twitter. They might send me notes and messages. And some people I found have hated themselves because of sexual thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that just, it, it just tears at my heart. Yes. It just pulls at my heart. And so... I introduce them to the love fest and the practice of self-love and, and how can you love yourself more even if you have these uh, kind of things. And a lot of times I'm able to help them find a way to have an outlet for it. So I've helped um, – some people are, are writing erotica now mm -hmm. <laughs> as kind of an outlet because they, they have these things that they thought were so bad in their head, um, but they can get them out on paper, and, it, and it's kind of a release. Yeah. Um, others have introduced ways to how to incorporate some of those fantasies into their real life without even having to just blurt it out, mm -hmm. you know, where it can be a gentle introduction. Like, how do you start – the conversation with your partner about some of these things because a lot of times you don't want to just blurt it out if if you know, you're yeah. sitting at dinner and all of a sudden you say you know I'd really like to you know uh, yeah. get a belt and spank you you know like yeah. they might kind of freak watch out. as she runs <laughs> for the door yeah right exactly. so you know how do you just um, how do you how do you how do you introduce the topic into conversation without just blurting out you know I want to sniff your panties or you know yeah. whatever it might be. Because there's some funny things out there, but they're not just funny. They're really sensual and they're really important. And they um, and sometimes people are feeling so bad about even thinking them. 
So uh, well, I really want people that come from, you know, a religious background where, you oh, know, yeah. anything to do with sex is a sin. And yet behind closed doors, they're the most generally sinful people we can find. <laughs> and, you know, and the hypocrisy of it all. And the thing is, is that, you know, we are sexual beings. You know, that's how we were, you know, um, we were given all of this. So we would reproduce. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any man. You know, people you have to have sex exactly and and it was given to us as a pleasure why do we have so many pleasure zones on our body and we uh, have them because again if if those pleasure zones were not pleased we wouldn't want to have sex or reproduce so if we were given pleasure zones then it's clearly for us to have pleasure with so you know again it comes down to that doctrine that feeling of guilt that it's a sin and that is purely a control factor and, uh, you know, and it's helping people actually understand that this is not what it's all about. This is not what God wanted for us. If we were given this, it was for us to use in, in a responsible and mindful way. But to play with, to have fun with, because sexual healing is imperative. You know, it, it is physically healing. It is emotionally healing. It is um, energetically healing. It... Uh, the psyche healing i mean everything that you can release from you know from having sex or, or even that you know that sexual release from whatever other way it is imperative for the body absolutely it is it's it's just it's very healthy and um to have a, a healthy thought about it even yes. is a good start and a lot of times people find just the be able just the ability to express it kind of releases some of it Sometimes it's like, oh, I like keeping this as a fantasy because some of it is. It's just like an arousal, like if you watch a movie or read a book or, you know, and romance novels are huge. Yes. And I don't know if you've read some of those, but oh, they're yeah. almost porn. Yeah. So, I mean, or even daytime soap operas, they're soft porn sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're and the rated R movies are, I think, you know, uh, they're a bit pornographic if you really want to be honest about it. So people are attracted to these things because it it's able to kind of visualize or think about those things and maybe uh, fantasize about something you might not really ever want to do. But it's uh, just the ability that you can express it can be so powerful to just be able to acknowledge that it's a thought, to acknowledge it's a fantasy. But yeah, let's keep it in the fantasy world yeah. or let's try it out. But even to be able to have that conversation is absolutely empowering, just mm -hmm. hugely empowering. And, you know, you've got your Fifty Shades of Grey movie, you know, whether it was a good, written, good movie or a well-written book, you know, that was not the point. You know, it, 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 you know, it was certainly not my type, but, you know, it was that kind of permission. Yes. Uh, going back, you know, into the 90s. Um, oh, God, the one with Sharon Stone. Um, the movie, the famous oh, leg thing. Basic, basic, basic instincts. And, uh, and you had a, several other type of movies at that time that were very erotic, very suggestive. Um, you know, and, and Michael Douglas at that time seemed to be the hot stud and seemed right. to be all of these movies. And, and the, you know, we're drawn to that and it's a guilty pleasure um, because, mm. you know, it is, you know, oh, I wish I was that person receiving that. And, and you know, many a time somebody's watching something saying, you can do that. You know, right. I didn't well, know, I didn't know you could do that, that move. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> 
<laughs> and then, you know, go home to your spouse or to your boyfriend and go, huh? <laughs> or watch it together and say, let's try this out. <laughs> That's such a good point. It's because it really opens our eyes to other things. Yeah. It, it kind of off the topic, but the same thing, a similar idea. I was at a... Um, in in the Midwest, we play this game called Euchre. It's a card game, and people have, like, tournament parties and that kind of thing. So I was at one last month, and um, my uh, one of my nephews, and we were at a table playing together, and, and the way he was playing something, and he mentioned, he's like, yeah, but that's, you know, I, we, the way one of the rules works in the game to take advantage of it. And I was like, whoa I never even thought of that and he's always like wins he's a professional poker player in fact Mm -hmm. so he's very good at these things and I just thought oh my god I never even thought of that as a strategy so it totally changed my whole way I play the game so sometimes just the the little awareness in um, you know our our personal life our sex life anything it, it can totally change the way you live or the way you um, communicate, the way you uh, look for a new partner. Because I know so many people who are dating or looking to date. And um, and if you have a little bit of awareness, like self-awareness or this idea that you could express yourself without having to worry, like maybe that's just not the right person for you. If you if, if, they're, if they totally freak out by even being saying, can we talk about sex? And they freak out, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, maybe that's not the right person. So just the idea, the awareness that you, you can and and it's okay. And someone else doesn't have to want the same thing as you. I dated someone a few years ago and we really weren't total match. And I was trying to kind of like end the relationship, but we're still friends. I love him as a person. I still know him even today, many years later. Uh, but at the time I was just trying to say like, okay, uh, we don't want to do the same things. And some of it was sexual, and and not uh, not everything, but some of it. And he said, "But but I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll I'll change. I'll try it." And mm-hmm. I said, "You shouldn't have to. Like if you don't want to, then don't. It's totally yeah. okay." And, and that's the important thing is 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 like explore, push yeah. your own boundaries. But if the moment you become really uncomfortable, yeah. don't be, don't be bullied or forced into doing exactly. it because don't you know do- it's just it's going to go completely the other way rather than the way you want it to go. Right. And if he likes things a certain way, then he should find a partner who also likes things that way. Because there's millions of people out there. You're going to find a (laughs) You can find someone who likes it a little bit better. And so it's interesting because then, you know, I kind of pushed him to start seeing other people. And he's still with the woman he started dating when we were, as we were breaking up. And they're still together. That's like eight years later or something. So I'm really proud of that, you know, (laughs) because... At least I helped him open up into the idea that you don't have to do something. You can find somebody who is more like you and who you can express things in your comfort level. And and there's there's always somebody out there for anybody. But to be open about it and honest and just be able to communicate is huge. And, you know, you, you can get a gauge on how a person is. I mean, there is nothing more central than when you're courting and you're meeting somebody and that you know, that touch of the hand or that yeah. brushing up against the body or just that arm around you. And I think this is, you know, another thing about, you know, sex is that it, maybe sometimes the detriment... 
Okay, we got too hot for the internet there, uh, <laughs> and we had a drop. Um, you know, it's sizzling, going, oh, I can't take this. Anyway, uh, we will uh, continue on. Um, what I was saying is, you know, there's sometimes one of the detriments of of porn or erotica can be with the people that are limited in their thinking and thinking that is entirely what sex is. Mm. And, and don't realize that, you know, that sexual healing, you know, is in that touch, is in that look, is in that making love to each other before you even go anywhere near each other. You know, mm. it can be in messages that you leave one another. It can be suggestive. Um, and, and that kind of erotic uh, building up to you know the then the sexual intercourse is just so you know mind blowing as opposed to uh, well this is what a woman wants you know wham bang thank you ma'am and it's um and I don't I I you know haven't read an erotica book or anything like that in a very long time so <laughs> uh, and of course they didn't used to have slow build ups or anything like that but I don't know if the times have changed or not but you know if you're going to read these books. And that is not the be all or the end all, right? And that, right. you know, making love to a woman or or even making love to your man is, you know, that slow touch and that building things up and that anticipation um, can be so much more erotic sometimes than the actual act. I I agree with you absolutely, and I think um, you know there's it's so different for young people today. Um, then you know when I was um, when I was young because there wasn't all this stuff everywhere all the time and there wasn't just access everywhere I do remember being in junior high though and we skipped class and we walked to this drugstore and bought like a Playgirl magazine <laughs> like 12 year olds buying a Playgirl magazine so I mean there's always curiosity for people but the way it's um, the way the kind of things that are available today are so totally different like okay a magazine with some pictures compared to I was I was working with some um, I work with a lot of youth um, interesting they love to talk about sex and drugs it's, <laughs> but so I talk about it they don't know that I oops write uh, erotica but I'm very open about their conversations I have with them and you know one pulled up uh, a video uh, I think it was like vine or snapchat or something and it was um, there was an oral sex scene happening between like 14 and 15 year olds right then they could just have access and they see this and what's interesting I said okay you have to turn this off because we're you know in a place that you can't look at this I said but what did you just see and what do you see when you're looking at this you see the girl's face but you don't ever see the boy's face how do you think this is a treatment of women so some of the young people are getting like just like you said that this idea of there's the because their sex is everywhere and these mm-hmm. little and everybody wants the attention. Everybody wants like two seconds of fame and, you know, taking off their clothes or whatever it might be. There's this kind of attraction and because the celebrityism of it as well. And, um, you know, I really have conversations with them about, uh, you know, what, what, what that means and what that means about treating people and uh, the whole experience. So unfortunately, because of what's out there, some of them are starting to think that that's what <laughs> a, a relationship yeah, uh, might look like exactly, and, and that um, and that you know you've yeah. also got. I mean, we had here a few years ago a thirteen-year-old was raped and it was put on yeah. on YouTube, oh. and she ended up committing suicide. Um, oh but, you know, but the the shame and you know the whole trauma of it, and and kids are so horribly cruel to one mm-hmm. another instead of being supportive, and yeah, you know the that camera showed the girl's face but not the guy. And so right. that is that is a complete and utter, you know, um, sexual abuse 
um, yes, uh, of that. And, and, you know, this is, I think, I'm glad they're talking to you about sex because they need <coughs> to know those boundaries because <laughs> sex is such a taboo thing. And, no, and parents don't know how to talk to their kids, and yet they have access to it on oh so gosh. many levels. They're yeah. getting the wrong message, and there has to be talk right from 10 and 11 um, oh, yeah. <laughs> of, you know, uh, of, uh, of where the boundaries are, of, you know, yeah. of what r sex really is. Yes, it's nice and healthy, but not for your age. Learn to yeah. respect and talk to one another and value each other first before you go there. And when eventually you do go there, it's going to be done properly with respect and consent. Yeah. And, yeah. and also it sends this message that if a girl doesn't do it or if a guy doesn't do it, then they're, you know, lamos, they're losers. And I know. It's, oh, no, it's very worrisome, definitely. It is. It is. Even um, my, my nieces are in their mid-20s now, but when they were, you know, 15, 16, and I would make them safe sex kits at Christmas. And, like, <laughs> some of the adults are like, um, really? I'm like, yeah, yes. do you know what's out there? Like, yeah. come on, people. And, you know, I remember a couple times sitting with, like, my nieces and their stepsisters and maybe some of their friends, and we'd be at lunch. And I'm happy to talk to the girls about this. And, you know, one time, and it's still stuck with me one of the girls said um and it wasn't one of my nieces in case they're listening I'm not trying to blow their you know <laughs> privacy but <laughs> one of their friends said well what if you you know we were talking about condom use well what if you know your boyfriend's not cheating on you and I'm just, I'm just like <laughs> okay now if you have to say that like, yeah okay it doesn't matter well what if they don't like it I said you know what you tell them that your their thing is not going in you until they practice masturbating with condoms so yes. I'm like so open I'm like you tell them and I, and I told a group of boys because the boys the boys are so much fun I um, I sometimes work with teen boys at uh, a couple places and the teen boys are hilarious and I said to them I said you know what I told a group of teen girls one time and they're like, what? I said, I told them to tell their boyfriends to tell to practice masturbating with condoms or else don't ever, they don't ever expect it to have, you know, intercourse with them. And they just said, really? Yeah. <laughs> I said, yes, I did. And I told them that they can say no to you. <laughs> because they think like, well, we don't like them and we don't whatever. I said, you know, you can get pregnant the very first time. You can get an STD the very first time. Yes. You can, you do not know, you're teenagers. You're exploring, you're curious. Of course, if another girl is around, your boyfriend might do something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're kids. You're just kids. So, you know, I'm really, um, I open and I, I teach this thing called, I call it CP123, Conception Prevention 123. Excellent. <laughs> I, yeah. Excellent. I teach them, number one, uh, uh, spermicidal gel, which then they don't even know what it is, so I have to tell them. Mm -hmm. Two, condoms. Three, pull out anyway. And they're like, no way. <laughs> like mm -hmm. the boys especially just crack up laughing. I said, this is not a laughing matter. And then we look right in our own community. Like um, what are, what's, what could happen if you get, if your girlfriend does get pregnant, how is that going to affect what your goals are? You know, um, it, there was a basketball player who's, who became a father and he is a star basketball player locally. How's that going to affect him going to college and choosing things mm -hmm. in his life? So we really start to talk about it that way. But you know, sometimes this stuff is funny, but we really get into it and it's serious. Then they really need to know. People need to be educated and they're not. Oh, my and, goodness. And, and parents just don't know how to talk to their kids about it. You know? Right, because and, they don't even know how to talk to their partner about it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I took, um, I have this wonderful woman called Meg Heckling here in BC and she did 
um, it's sex talk for pre uh, uh, not preteens, uh, uh, preschoolers. And it was, this is my body and no one can touch it. And, uh, you know, she would say to her, this is a penis, this is a vagina, and, uh, you know, nobody can touch it. And uh, and if somebody tries to touch it and tells you it's a secret, it isn't, you go and tell mummy. And, you know, it was, it was sad that one had to do that. But with so much pedophilism going on today, we need to empower our kids. This is your body. And nobody has the right to touch it if you don't want them to. And nobody has the right to, uh, to tell you to keep it a secret or threaten you. And, you know, the more we empower them right there and then, you know, the more we actually prevent a lot of things from happening. And, uh, and if we weren't so cloak and dagger, if we weren't so ashamed or, or so scared to talk about sex and we were more open with it, the more safeguard we're actually giving them. Yeah, yeah, and the more we loved people and sent love to um, people who have been uh, abused or bullied, or you know, because there's sexual bullying too nowadays, you know, oh, all yeah. of these things. So if if we loved those people more, and then they wouldn't even have to feel ashamed. Like, oh, you got raped. Well, we love you. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, there could just be this love around it. Like, how can we love you? We love you. You have that experience, but you are loved you know you were just loved and so instead of being because you know we have this whole situation of people making accusation and then you know you've got the accuser and then you've got the uh, potential person who may have or may have not done it and um so there's so much uh you know problem in that so you're gonna well, yeah if you, this... if you too tell people are gonna like totally scrutinize you is that really exactly. true and, yeah uh, I, and I so mean I know in my case is that you know uh, uh, with someone I was really in love with and I think the greatest gift you can give somebody is your vulnerability because that's you you know you're trusting them with you mm-hmm. and you know I told them about my rape and and at the time you know, nothing happened and then one time when he's trying to get back at me and he said yeah and you know um i bet you asked for the rape you know and uh-huh. and it's it was uh-huh. such a betrayal of trust oh my gosh and it you know it killed the relationship right there and then oh absolutely. because something that had happened to me that had you know scarred me and and you know obviously took me down a different road and you're throwing that back at me as my fault that i asked for it uh, and and you know that the fact that that could come from someone that you loved, and I think people don't think sometimes they just you know say things. Is that I did a show on on rape, and it's like it doesn't matter if a woman is behaving sexy or dressing sexy; that is not permission. Exactly. Right. Even if she's you know kind of making out with you, kissing and cuddling, if she doesn't want to go any further. She doesn't want to go any further. If you've been sexually aroused, go into the bathroom and masturbate. And right, you know, exactly. and, and it's, deal with it yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's she's not obligated to follow it through if she's not feeling comfortable. It might be something she starts off with, and then just the whole process of it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And she wants to go. No, I'm sorry, I can't go any further with this. But she's not been a tease. She was exploring. The connection isn't right for some reason, and she has said no. And that no should be honored at all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. The heavy side of sex. I know, (laughs) right. 
but but it's important to have those kinds of conversations with people of all ages. I think that's um, amazing that you know they are able to have those programs with preschoolers. Um, I know when I was uh, going because I didn't go to therapy for um, for the sexual abuse uh, experiences until I was in my mid twenties. There wasn't yeah. any around at that time. Right. It was kind of new. But what I ended up doing is volunteering. As I was going through that process, I started volunteering with a, a consortium on child abuse and neglect. And I was part of a team that went into classrooms and so into schools and classrooms where they would watch this play that was very much like a you know an education part about your body and then uh, maybe they'd all like multiple classrooms would watch it in the gym and then we would go back into individual classrooms and then answer questions and talk to the kids about what they saw or if they had any issues or questions or anything well one little girl at one time in a classroom a little girl kind of raised her hand um, but then she couldn't talk and then she you know started to have some tears and she couldn't say anything so I just went to another you know kid and you know, had had the rest of the session, but then I, they would always have you know social workers on site, and so I took her with me, you know, out of the classroom. So it wasn't uh, we never want to make somebody feel you know out there, but you can pick up those clues. Yeah. And so you know, um, it was interesting because later I I asked somebody, I said, you know, I really hope that if something was happening to her, you know, I got things, and and I was kind of like really feeling you know that heartfelt mm-hmm. heartstrings. And, and and someone said to me, I said, you know what, you did your job exactly perfectly, but you, you know, you, your job is just here. You know, whatever happens afterward or not is the next level and the next step. And it, it really kind of, um, it, it really uh, stuck out to me because it is, it's important that we each have our peace and that we can't always, um, you know, know everything or be able to like go out and just be superhero, right? Yeah. You just want to go pick up and scoop this little girl because there's this whole other whatever needs to happen, happen. Um, and it was interesting because I, I really had to like go to that place where I had to trust that, you know, especially because the program that I was working with, I think w- is really good that they would make sure that every avenue was followed to, to find out if there was, you know, if she just witnessed something, if she really had something, but that I could... I could be at peace to let that go and know that someone else is um, is their next piece. Because when we see something, you know, especially when we've experienced something, we just want to like just rush in, right? And heal, yes. And and again, I mean, a child knows what's happened to them is wrong. They're yeah. given some form of shame about it from the person that's done it. You know, a fear and a shame. Um, yet they're really way too young to actually understand what that is about. And how do they articulate it? How do they say, you know, Uncle George or, you know, Daddy right. uh, is doing this to them or brother? And and it's they don't really even know what is happening to them. And so it's 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 awful because they just don't know how to articulate it. And so, you know, thing is, is I think we can't go around looking for signs or, you know, immediately jumping on the bad one and of accusation. But what we do have to do is pay attention and look at the reactions of our children, not just our children, of our friends. Yes. You know, if, if a friend is, is, you know, pulling away from guys or not feeling comfortable around guys, something's happened. And it's, it put them, you know, get them in a safe place where they feel they can talk. And it might be, look, I'm here. I know there's something wrong. I know you need to share you know, I'm going to keep asking, um, but when you're ready. 
and you know eventually they'll they'll find that courage to speak because it's so shrouded in that shame and and, and of course you've got the other thing is that there is the the violent sexual abuse this this and that but sometimes people even get pleasure during that abuse and that makes them yes. feel even more guilty and they oh. don't realize it's just a physical one it's, <laughs> yes it's yes. not an emotional permission but they've got such mixed messages there they don't understand but you know i kind of liked it but i didn't mm. want it you know and they don't realize that you know that's the conflict in there and that was just because that you were physically aroused that didn't yes. have anything yeah. to do with your psyche or permission Absolutely, because our bodies, um, you know, our bodies respond. Yes. It's, it, you know, it, that's very natural. It's just biology. Yeah. So so really, right, having the that awareness that it can be okay to say, oh, it was okay that my body did respond to that. Um, and love your body anyway. Because yes. sometimes I think we do feel, you know, maybe our body betrayed us or, you know, there was something there. And then that, just like you said, it causes more conflict within that person who had that experience. Um, and to be able to love your body anyway. Like, okay, I understand that. You responded. <laughs> and I love you anyway. It's okay. You yes. don't have to feel bad, you know, because you did. And, and, and the thing is, is uh, loving ourselves, you know, from, yes. from the inside and out, loving every part of ourselves, you know, especially as you get older, things begin to droop, um, <laughs> you know, in, and it's, you know, bodies change, you're going through pregnancy, you know, bodies never go back to what the, the way they were, um, you know, and a, and a lot of marriages suffer because the husband kind of goes, well, why can't you go back to the body you were before? And, you know, because there's been life growing inside of you, pushing this out and pushing that out and you know, it is the way it is. If you love somebody, um, you will sexually love them no matter their size. For sure. All right, and that's or the you know scars or the yeah whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. and and that that sexual arousal that you have from that person comes from that place of love, and uh, and so never should it be put on to somebody. You have to look like this for me to love you or want to make love to you. If somebody starts doing that, that's a huge red flag and time to address that or to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So honor, honor yourself always. That love, that love affair must be with yourself first, mustn't it? Exactly. You got to fall in love with yourself. Just yeah. fall in, you know, the more you fall in love with yourself, the, the more someone else will yeah. easily fall in love mm-hmm. with you as well. And you just, because you're loving yourself and you're confident and, uh, you know, like, <laughs> this is like on the personal side, but, uh, you know, I, I date multiple people sometimes. It's just a choice right now um, to not have one, you know, really serious relationship. Well, I've been kind of like clearing that out now because I've been kind of living in that for a while. And I'm just kind of like, just like, you know, I just need to clean my, I called it my man plate one day and and someone said, no, you mean your man buffet. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm clearing out my man buffet. So (laughs) I had multiple... And, and, but yet the man, uh, you know, that I'm, cause I still care. I still like them. I still, you know, I'm, I, I don't not like them. So they don't understand that, you know, okay, I'm just, I'm just changing my life right now. And so, you know, no, I'm not interested in this. And they're just like, I miss you so much. <laughs> I, I miss you. I'm like, thank you. I love you. Thank you. Right? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and then they just like, what do you mean? You're like, Terry, my heart. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's so funny because 
but I'm just, I just have to honor myself, yeah. you know? And I said, of course, I, I think you're an awesome person. But as you know, we were just, you know, part-time lovers. So I just need to clear myself. You know, I just need to, because I don't know what might be coming next for me. I'm kind of in a, I think we all go through that at different times. Like, you know, I used to have like long-term relations. Well, my longest relationship is not very long, but you know, anyway, I am monogamous, but you know, some of my non-monogamous relationships have been extremely long, like years and years. And, and so some of them have a little hard time. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, this is the well, I got uh, into a comfortable pattern, myself. right? So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And, we, and, and you, have you, to you, you do have to honor yourself. You know, yeah. I know. You know, for me, I'm here. I am. You know, sixty one and, and single, and and you know, not even literally getting out there to even to meet anybody. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm you know behind this computer <laughs> all day long, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I just don't have the kind of the means, or, or in a lot of ways that, you know. I found it really hard being being single mm-hmm. because I really do love that that intellectual sexual foreplay. Mhm. And yes. you know and I find it really hard to meet uh you know men that you know that um, I want to see your love of life. I want to see you know your your love of existence. Um you know an intellectual love before the physical love and I get all the time on Facebook and on <laughs> Skype, you know, this colonel, this person, that person, you know, oh, you're hot, you're this, I'm a widow <laughs> with a kid, and here's my here's my marriage resume, and it's like, you've got to be kidding, <laughs> and it's like, you know, I, I, do people respond to that, because they That's... do it, and it's like, oh my god, half the time I never ever accept a friend r- friendship on on Facebook, because you know unless i know them or have been introduced to them because they're generally these guys just looking for online sex or something i'm not sure I, I, i'm not sure either it is funny because you're right it's, it is really it's kind of a i get a chuckle from it yeah it is interesting but but you're right and it's um you know i really i really enjoyed being single now i consider it single even though one person in my life i call him main squeeze uh, he's like the only one i'm still seeing right now and um and he calls himself my boyfriend but it's like part you know it's not long it's not a life mate but he is a soulmate because i i mean he's like my best friend we talk about everything we can mm-hmm. just sit and hang out like the other night i was at his house we're just um, I think we might have made out a little bit, but it wasn't even about that. It was like we were, you know, we watched a show together. We talked about it. We just like laughed, you know, we joke around. And that part of it is um, I almost sometimes like that more than the other because that's so stimulating. It's like, exactly. oh, I just love you. You know, you're yeah. so um, so it can really be you, you, you want to just have the very best of whatever relationship you have. Um, and I think that's really important is, and as you love yourself more, that's what you look for. It's like, okay, this other had a really good part, but it was only that. So, you know what? I don't need just that anymore. That was really good, but but I don't need that, you know? (laughs) I mean, I do, but, (laughs) but I'm looking for it in a new way. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. And you get to a stage where, you know, like, you know, good sex would be great, but you know, it's like, for me, it has to be more than that. You know, it's, it's, uh, I do have to have that other connection um, you know that other stimuli uh, otherwise it's just too much bother yeah um, exactly like uh, do, can, how am I going to schedule this in right? yeah. 
we're busy women. We have like radio shows. We have like work. Yeah, exactly. Coaching, exactly. All this. And I got to schedule in this too. Like, oh, it's just going to be becoming a chore. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> No, you know, there there was a movie that... you start to feel like that... Yeah, you do, you do. I don't need that. There's something I'm seeing rather (laughs) disturbing right now, and like, you know, there's this movie that came out, I don't know if it was called Dating or Date Night, but, you know, a bunch of women that just go off and hook up with guys, have sex, and then if they want to go out actually on a date, it's like, oh, no, no, don't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. is it going into that women are becoming very jaded about relationships and it's all just about hooking up? you know just about having sex is this is this the way millennials think looking at life or is this just another kind of sexual free because i'm looking at it this way women have fought for so long to be treated uh, respectfully and in equality and yet this seems to flipped the scale where women now are just going out and fornicating with men and not calling them they've reversed the roles and i don't <laughs> see that as it being empowering for women you know what I mean? Right. Especially in the, the one night stand sense, you know, yes. that's not very empowering. Like if you do it um, in a way, like I, I kind of have this interview process. I used to call it for having, you know, a new lover in my life because you want certain things. So, um, but it's not very safe, you know, it's not empowering. Um, so I think sometimes, you know, people think it's, uh, it's powerful, it feels powerful, maybe, as a woman to be able to take that man's role, like, oh, now we're going to be the ones to do that. Mm-hmm. But how does it, how does it, and I didn't see that movie, so I don't know, but, um, you know, how does it really feel at, later, you know, and um, and is it really as fulfilling as it could be? And, and it could be, hopefully, if that, it's not always happening. But I think, I think a little bit, you know, we have the celebrity venue, we just see so much sex in everything mm. nowadays that it almost might feel a little bit powerful. I mean, I know I felt like part of the reason, um, you know, the even the phone sex was fun to me is there was a little bit of power. And I think it's, you know, uh, being abused too, where someone else took that power yeah. from in a way or I are allowed to not have power. Um, it, you start to take back power. So sometimes it can feel, the, the feeling isn't necessarily about the sexual fulfillment as even that's good but it could even be that power you know like well I'm more powerful because I can just say no and I cannot call him back and you know <laughs> right and kind of take that role reversal and for me I took the power back with a little bit of I really like um you know sex and money I don't know how I connected those together <laughs> so like getting paid to talk on the phone for this stuff was just like incredible I'm like oh my god someone's gonna pay me and I can be paid like this much money for that and like wow that's so great and then even selling the books and when I just threw it on there and then people started buying it and then I'm like oh my gosh look at all the money I make from this yeah so there was like this little it was it's not it wasn't about the the sex for me and that it was like this little bit of that excitement in that that power piece you know and um where well, so, maybe you know, sex sexual is, is very liberating isn't it and of yes. course it's a massive industry i mean yeah. there, there's Huge. virtually nothing nowadays that can't be sold that hasn't oh, got some right. sexual innuendo in it yes. um and then it's how you get people hooked into something so it, it plays an enormous part into everything we do in life yeah. Uh, can I hear your number one sexual movie? Me? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, 
I don't watch very many movies. This is really interesting. You know what I do really love in a, and it's not just a, um, sexual or sensual, but I think it's very sensual too, uh, is Dangerous Liaisons. I think it was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And there's an amazing character list. There all these amazing actors are in this movie. And there's a couple things that are a little bit disturbing, you know, a little abusive and um, that kind of thing, coercion going on and power. Um, but what I love about that movie is there's all this stuff going on and there's some very sexy scenes, I will admit. But, um, you know, these people are trying to control other people and playing games with people. And in the end, everybody's life is, well, I shouldn't tell you, but people are not very happy in the end. So it really shows that you might try to do this, but that's, that, that doesn't work. Like it doesn't work. And then, you know, is that giving you really what you want or what else do you want? So it really shows the depth of the character and the emotion that the people are going through, through all these different experiences, a lot of them sexual. So I love that movie. Uh, I I like some I like some uh, R and B music. Mm-hmm. I, I find R and B music to be very um, sensual, especially yes. um, especially some of the older stuff. Uh, I find very sexy, like Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's just so I just I like her voice and some of her music just seems very sexy to me. Yeah, you've got the old you know Marvin Gaye. You've got the old oh Barry, I love Barry love White Marvin of Gaye. course. You know, oh my gosh, Barry White's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 you know it is. It, do you actually ever remember the movie Ten? Um, going you know what, back I, to the seventies, Dudley I, Moore, I, and um, I remember her cornrows hair. Yes. But uh, I don't think I ever saw the movie. And the I song, I think it was Bolero, you know, the whole sex thing playing in the background. And uh, and it became kind of the sex song after that because it was, you know, <laughs> orchestral and crescendo-ish and everything. And it's amazing how oh. it kind of got caught on. But, you know, music is, I mean, you know, people when they're trying to set the mood, it's music, it's candlelight, it's, you know. and uh, um, But music does set the mood a, a great deal, doesn't it? It, it can sometimes, yeah, yeah, very much. <laughs> I also find some classical music very yeah. passionate. There's some classical that's just like, well, it's I'll the build-up, it isn't it? Like, well, yeah, it's because very, you're like very orgasmic. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe because I also studied music for like 12 years and played the flute and orchestra and all of that. So some of it really, you can really feel the passion in the music. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, what we have to do is is explore, you know, our own sexual preference, our own sexual style, um, our own sexual statement. And, uh, you know, you've got some people who think that the, the tight dress with everything bulging out <laughs> and the high heels is is sex. And I think that the person that hides everything and that slaunters in in a mm-hmm. sultry manner almost disconnected to everybody is so much more sensual and you look back to the 40s and the 50s of those women Lauren Bacall and a few others like that you know the way they carried themselves their voices their body actions they could be completely covered up yet they were exuding sexuality absolutely absolutely yeah I I agree so I think actually that that's where that allure comes from isn't it it's like don't lay it all out on the table. You know, make make them work for it a little bit. Let them have their own fantasy and imagination and right. build up. Yeah, like what is behind yeah. there? What is she wearing under that sexy sweater? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have a little wonder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and uh, you know, also, 
the tone of the voice, the, you know, the, the look, you know, it's just don't be too much in a hurry. Yeah, there, there are those quickies, you know, call them coffee and donuts. So, you know, I have these that you uh, right, have now and, they're again, really and they're fun. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, if, if it's something that, you know, you're, you're, you really are connecting, take your time, explore, even over a few days, you know, before you actually get into the act, build up that anticipation. Um, and as I said, you know, make love to them before you actually have sex, because then it, the connection and the vibration and the, you know, it becomes uh, exploding. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody wants that happy ending explosion. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, because, you know, I mean, there are so many women that say I've never had an orgasm. And it's, um, you know, and it's really, really sad um, because, you know, the partners haven't taken the time. And, you know, a woman can, can have an orgasm over and over and over again in, in, a, in one session. It's just no, where is, her, <laughs> where is her erotic spot? I never knew that when I was young. Right, exactly. Now, right? You <laughs> like, know, like, you know, the guy came and then you're, you're just getting started. And, you know, that's the thing. If you're a good lover, um, A, be, make sure that you've got your stamina to go several times in the night. Um, but also, you know, with her touch, it's, it's find out where is her spot? Where is it that, that just completely melts her? And, you know, the, you know, the best sexual thing for a woman is multiple orgasms. And, and she's extremely capable of having that. And, you know, when you're spent at the end of that, believe me, the, the, the feeling is absolutely wonderful. So, but it's, you know, it's like with anything in life, give it the time. Be willing to go through the process. You know, it's that communication is how you learn it. Yes. Study. I took, um, you know, well, I had these, I had lots of exploration of different things. But one thing, I don't know where I heard about it many, many years ago, there was this study around um, internal orgasms, vaginal orgasms versus, you know, clitoral. And so I wasn't very experienced in the vaginal orgasm. So I did this study. So they sent me stuff like you could do with a partner or without a partner. I had to fill out a survey every month and I did it. But it was really great to like pay that attention to myself and learn the differences between them or how do I stimulate that instead of having it just maybe randomly yeah. you know how do I really have an awareness and attention to it and nobody really tells us all that yeah. nobody teaches us like you know what you can like study your body and you can study and you can classes and when you go to it if, if I tell somebody oh you know there was this tantric workshop at a festival I was at and they're like what yeah <laughs> what are you talking about and but this um you know, all of those things, any place you can learn about something else about your body, men and women. I've taught men so much about their body over the years that they didn't even realize because, like you said, we have this, um, you know, pornography. We have R-rated movies and we see a certain thing and we think, oh, wow, that looks like those people look like they're really enjoying that. Yes. So, but but we don't know that or we don't realize and remember that those are all actors and actresses, yes. <laughs> even in porn. And so um, you really got to just learn and study. Uh, you know, a lot of times I'm, well, I'm doing this new uh, fall in love with yourself and fall in love with your body, um, doing a couple new programs around that. And it's really important to just, you know, uh, s- study your body a little bit. And anything you can learn about it is just important. And, you know, it's great. A, a great exercise to do even is just take like some coconut oil or whatever, you know, a person wants and get out of the shower and just touch and massage every part of your body and give it love. Like 
I love you, little toe. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just do every place on your body and just and just start to love it, no matter what. Um, because we we hear so much about women like, oh, I I hate my thighs, I hate this, I hate that. Well, it, well, that's not gonna that's not gonna feel good then if somebody starts to tickle your thigh if you hate them so so we also have to love our bodies so we're more comfortable with people touching us everywhere and and being able to explore everywhere of our body you know I had um one person who I really really I do miss him as a as a former lover I have to say we I never had intercourse with him ever but I had some of the most amazing orgasms of my entire life with Mm -hmm. him so you don't have to do certain things, you know, and, and you can do whatever's comfortable in that relationship. And what you decide through communication is that you feel safe with and you feel secure with and for whatever reasons. And and just loving your body is gives you that exploration place to go from on that. Well, the important thing is, is to realize this, is that the eye might be drawn to a certain look. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to the touch, mm-hmm. you know, when that touch is right, you know, it it's electrifying. Yeah. Right? And and so, yeah. you know, that, you know, the touch of the inner thigh or, you know, the, the gentle touch of the breast, when that connection has been made, that vibrational connection, any shape or size is completely gone. Right. It's all about the touch. It's all about the feeling. It's all about that connection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may have somebody with a gorgeous body and you touch them and there ain't nothing there. So, right. you know, or they or they don't like it, and they're like feel yeah. afraid, and yeah. they, you know everything. Yeah, absolutely. So you know you got to go with those you know good vibrations, mm-hmm. and you know that's where kind of I think don't be such a rush. You know, get <laughs> to know your 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 your, your partner, your potential yeah. sexual partner, and get to know one another. And uh, you know when it does come to that touch, explore, see where they respond. If they're not responding, they don't like that. They don't have to tell you verbally, you know, be in tuned, yeah. right? And uh, yeah. you know, and then once you've developed that kind of sexual relationship, then you could be more verbal, but I really like this and I really like that, or you're willing to explore. But, you know, it isn't a, in the, there isn't the manual. It is about, <laughs> it is about, you know, exploring. There's knowledge that you can have before you go into something, but most of it is, is just exploratory. And it comes with, respect and value of your of your partner um and willing to take the time and uh you know it's making love not only to their body but you're making love to them in all aspects and when you do do that you know the the orgasm is going to be more than just a physical one and excuse the expression just a good fuck <laughs> as opposed to actually making love and the making love will always rule out because it invited all of the senses in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Sexual <laughs> healing. <laughs> right. So tell me about the radio show and uh, kind of the topics you have and your partner, Derek. Um, yeah, so we're doing this new show, Sex Talk with Derek and Tina. And uh, we're on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
we our topics can be anything and everything. We do a segment of sex in the news, so a lot of that is funny or not. There was a gentleman here in Michigan who um, just last month died in a car accident at 3.30 in the morning while he was driving on the freeway watching porn with no pants on masturbating. Oh, lovely. So it was funny and sad at the same yes. time. And obviously, he must have been drunk or high. I mean, who who else is going with no pants on on the freeway at 3.30 in the morning? Yeah. You know, I, I never, like, read follow-up articles, you know, because I don't care. But the, <laughs> the but the part of it is, it's like, wow, right? Yes. <laughs> Apparently, he didn't get lucky at the bar. And, right. I don't know. Exactly. So it's, it's, you know, so Will, like, anything, you know, there could be, the, there's some crazy stuff in the news around sex. Well, then, um, yeah, sex can make you stupid. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, don't just think with excuse the expression the dick you know uh, you know you know and plug in the brain cells folks <laughs> right and last week you know in the news was talking about um uh, different top brothels around the world and these really unique ones there's in japan there's one that's a a, a sex doll brothel you don't go and have sex with live women they're all dolls like very high-end sex dolls so you know so so we pick some funny stuff of sex in the news so we we have we take a very lighthearted approach and then we might have guests like last week we had a, a fellow erotic author that i know come on and, and talk about some of his experience and why he writes what he writes and um so we'll talk about any topics that might be going on um uh, that that might come up for my guest we might take things that we hear in the news and kind of expound on that and, and just really the idea to open up the conversation it's like you could talk about anything. Um, we really don't have limits. We're not going to talk about anything that's obviously abusive, of course, because mm-hmm. that's not open and, and that's not loving. And so, but we'll talk about any kind of crazy stuff. But um, and that's the idea. It's just sex talk. We're kind of exploring it still. I think this is only our maybe four, three to four weeks in. Um, so we're kind of exploring how it's going to go. But uh, we're really enjoying just the openness of the conversation um we've had a couple people call in to chat with us uh, with our uh, either guests or just you know on their own and so we're kind of just having fun with that and and seeing how it goes wonderful and you know this is the thing it's a it's a safe way of doing it you know it, mm-hmm. you know people can call in they don't have to give their name or they can listen they can see the lightheartedness something of it but also they can learn something so if you are feeling insecure you know, sexually about yourself, or I'm sure they can even write to you and ask you to to uh, cover certain topics. Absolutely, absolutely. I think our um, our email is askderekandtina at hotmail dot com. <laughs> Got to get that hotmail in there, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so people you know can definitely write to us. They can uh, just you know check us out, and it's just fun. We're on Facebook, and we post a lot of crazy. Um, stuff there and <laughs> so we're we're taking this little more extreme approach that it may not agree with everybody but um you know we start there because we all hear about that crazy stuff and yeah. then we have little conversations but then nobody talks about it deeper yeah like you have these superficial conversations with people at work or your friends or your family about something funny you hear about but how do you then take the conversation deeper so we might start out with this lightheartedness but then you know, t- taking the conversation to another level. How do you really then? Uh, what does this really mean? Uh, you know, and and only through talking about it, do we actually understand? You know, the no nos, the yes yeses, or the the freedom of it, or you know, the the 
you know where you draw the line you know and that's the thing is if we start talking about it and being more honest about it uh, we take away this whole stigma around it you know um, pretty well everybody has sex at some point in their life um, and you should enjoy it and uh, just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you're not going to enjoy it. Um, you know, <laughs> you can have a good sexual life right into your 80s and some do into their 90s. Um, and it's a mm -hmm. question, you know, it's a question. Uh, and, and, you know, how we, how young is too young? And and if you are going to embark on that road with responsibility and, and respect. And, mm -hmm. you know, when when we know these things, you know, we actually empower the people to have a good sexual experience as opposed to, having to go down that road of abuse or confusion or pr unwanted pregnancies or you know sexual diseases or this feeling of i'm too old or i'm too this or i'm too that so the more you talk the more you educate the more people can get out there having a really good time safely happily um and with love of themselves and um, that really makes the world a better place Oh, it does. I just feel this warm hug. <laughs> <laughs> so can you give everybody your your um uh your how to get hold of you and all your links, etc.? Uh sure. Um so uh you can always go to forty daylovefest.com and where we are, you know, kind of our basis, everything is around the self love piece is, is kind of my um foundation. And uh then sex talk with Derek and Tina uh on Facebook. Just type that in; it'll pop, will pop up, and um, and then on iTunes. And if you're subscribed to that, you can listen in and, and be careful while driving because you might just start laughing so hard right? <laughs> <laughs> you're listening. In. So. Wonderful. Well, I'm Thank glad you've you. taken this road. I mean, you know, you know, I, you actually originally interviewed me on on the 15 minute, minute thing on on uh, you know the love perspective and. You know, love is, is truly and utterly what makes this world go round. Um, you know, the love of self, the love of each other, the love of the planet, it, you know, it sends out those wonderful good vibrations and uh, it really is the, the the key foundation to everything in life. And so, you know, learning to love ourselves and embrace the love within us, you know, mind, body and soul, you know, just makes everybody so much more beneficial and better. So, you know, thank you for putting on a show like this and writing your erotica and taking this journey and honoring yourself and, uh, you know, taking away that stigma or that illusion, that false uh, illusion that people have over it. Yes. And, and thank you. Thank you for giving us like this really great platform where you're sharing so much love and knowledge with people as well. We always love chatting with you, Sarah. Oh, it's been great. Great. And I can't wait to listen to some of your shows. And then I've got a list of people for you to interview. That's <laughs> <your job. laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we're kind of getting going and get a feel for their show, we're like ready to get some more guests on and, right. uh, and have more people share their, you know, really great ideas thoughts and ideas and practices around right. embracing sexuality and just take away this fear the stigma the shame this this whole you know like oh sex is dirty no it isn't it's natural <laughs> it's beautiful um it's just make sure it's done in the right setting with the right intent and you know once you once you know what that setting and that intent is and it's always done within respect of self and partner you, you know then go for it and enjoy it yes Enjoy, enjoy life. <laughs> exactly. 
Okay, love. Well, we've given you some sexual healing here today, folks. And uh, do tune into the show. It's blogtalkradio.com slash sex talk with Derek and Tina. Um, have a good laugh. Learn a few things. Call in. Ask a few questions. And, uh, you know, kind of just explore your own sexuality. Uh, you know, when you're feeling relieved and, and happy and, and haven't got that sexual frustration, you just see life in a lot, lot brighter way. So thank you for being with me today, Tina. Thank you so much, Sarah. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again. All right, folks. So remember, it's love yourself first. And if that means making love to yourself, do it. Have fun and make sure you're left with a good smile on your face. Until next time. <laughs>